the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello, my friends. I'm Dennis Prager, and I am honored to be with you. Today is December 8th. Normally, I would say, ah, 17 days to Christmas. Hanukkah's coming up in, in a couple of days. And it would be, as always, and throughout my life, it's been a festive time. And I hope you make it a festive time. I made the Thanksgiving completely normally. All of this is, it is not about science, my friends. If you want to be intellectually honest, it is not about science. Because scientists differ. So you choose your scientist. Certainly that's what the left does. What this is about is philosophy of life. This is about your how you're made up. Are you, are you a scared individual? And I'm not saying this with contempt. I'm saying this completely openly. Are, are you someone who scares? I don't mean scares others. I mean scare, scares easily. I have a dear relative. I adore her. I truly do. She's a special human being. And she's just frightened. She, she has barely left her apartment this year, essentially so since March. So that's eight months, nine months. In nine months, she's barely left her apartment. I speak to her periodically, and she's, she's not complaining. She's good-spirited. Good she reads a great deal. And she talks to people on the uh, on Skype or on FaceTime or on Zoom, whatever she chooses. But she's scared. And she, if she goes out, she wears gloves. She wears, uh, I believe, some eye covering. I don't recall. And certainly a, a mask everywhere, including, of course, outdoors. If she, if she should go out, she does not drive. And so she's afraid to go in an Uber, and certainly uh, not public transportation. So, is she following the science? No, she she wouldn't even cannot she wouldn't even claim that she's following her disposition. I follow my disposition, taking science into account. Obviously, my disposition is I want to live. I am not putting my life on hold until a vaccine. That's my disposition. The question is, and it is a question, I I don't have an answer to it. Can you choose your disposition? Can you shape your disposition? This is a very, uh, I, I assume, an eons old question. 
and I don't I don't have the answer. I did a happiness hour recently on, on that question. Have you successfully fought your nature? So that's that's the question here. And it's not it's not predictable. Sometimes it's predictable. There there are people I know who are quite afraid. Don't let their kids play with any other kids, which I, people have to understand. That's completely irrational and abusive of the child. Of course, it's done to protect the child, theoretically. But there's no such thing as protecting a child from COVID. Children don't get COVID. The the fact that somebody does is like protecting children from lightning. Children are killed by lightning. It is not a threat. So in light of that, let me bring to your attention here a piece in the uh, in the increasingly unworthy of reading New York Times. It's a very interesting question to me about the editors of the New York Times. Do they know how they have ruined their reputation with at least half this country? On the, uh, they would, I assume they would say they were never our readers to begin with, so we have lost nothing. And since we are the voice of the left, the most prominent voice of the left, we have shored up our base with a vast number of people and are doing fine in terms of subscriptions. I think that that's what they would say. We don't give a damn about our reputation. We only care about our base. It's sort of like running for office. A very few, very few people, unless it's a close district, appeal to both sides. Right? It just uh, shore up your base, get get the vote out. That's the way the New York Times operates. Listen to this piece from one of their contributing opinion writers, a doctor, Elizabeth Rosenthal. The title: It's time to scare people about COVID. Our publishing message about the virus should explain the real costs in graphic terms of catching the virus. So the, the, the article is a piece of crap, and it is a staggering lie. It's a gigantic lie because there there's no data in the article. They don't want public messages to tell people the truth, that if you are healthy and under 50, uh, it is almost inconceivable that you will die from this uh, from this illness. They don't want any data. There's no data in the piece. I, I was waiting for it. No, they just want graphic images of people dying on ventilators. This is what she wants. Said, look, it worked with uh, cigarettes. Show graphic images of people with lung cancer. That's it. This is this is what they uh, they do. It, it, it's an amazing article. Yep. So just like uh, the uh, for smoking, that's what she wants done with COVID nineteen. Quest Diagnostics made a video featuring people washing their hands, talking on the phone, playing checkers. The message, come together by spending time apart. 
As cases were mounting in September, the Michigan government produced videos with the exhortation, spread hope, not COVID, urging Michiganders to put on a mask, quote, for your community and country. Forget that. Mr. Rogers type nice isn't working in many parts of the country. It's time to make people scared and uncomfortable. This is from a doctor. This is another uh, uh, another group that has been hit, whose reputation has been hit. You know why? This is a very important time. And this is a time of testing. Um, Americans have not been tested because... Uh, We've had it good. I mean, Americans were tested in World War II. I mean, I'm not talking about that. I mean, it, domestically, there has not been a character test. And now there is. Who are you really? Trump was a character test. Do you talk to your parents if they voted for Trump? That was the character test. Not did you vote for Trump or not vote for Trump. There, there, There is no Trump supporter who believes that everyone who voted for Biden uh, is uh, an, uh, uh, is unworthy of uh, of being talked to? There is, uh, if there was such a person, uh, I've not met him or her. But tens of millions of people believe that if you voted for Donald Trump, you you deserve to lose your job, you deserve to have no space on the internet, you deserve only contempt, and you deserve to be ostracized by family and friends. That's a character test, and the left has failed. That's not, that's not unexpected. The left is a failure. Not liberals. That's, that's one of the divisions. Liberals will still talk to parents who voted for Trump. It's leftists who don't. Not all leftists don't either. But of those who will not, they are leftists. So this is a time of testing. So this is a, a clear example of it. Fear appeals can be very effective, said Jay Van Bavel, associate professor of psychology at New York University, who co-authored a paper in Nature about how social science could support COVID response efforts. I will read to you more of this. 1-8-Prager-776-877-243-776. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Janice's story. I was skeptical at first. But because of the pain that I was having when I would uh, substitute teach and have to climb stairs, so I have lower back, hip, and even knee pain. And after about three weeks, I found that I could climb stairs pain-free. But it wasn't only pain-free. I could do it step over step without holding on the railing. I'm really happy. It's, it makes me feel like I'm young again. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. No, you're not alone. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. From the bottom of my heart, I recommend this Angel Tree campaign. Every Christmas, you have been the audience that has raised the most money for 
the Salvation Army this year. I'm asking for Angel Tree. They sent a gift and a Christmas card to a, a, a kid of a... A kid who has a, a parent in prison. It's a beautiful thing. The prison fellowship does this. And they send... This, the, the, they get a a gift from the parent, as it were, and a note, hopefully, uh, and uh, a Bible. You know, the, the thing is, everybody listening, 99% of you could afford something, and it's only a matter of doing it. The This is a great example of fighting one's nature. I have to do it. That's, how, that's why I'm laughing. But I'm asking you to do it. There's a, uh, just go to DennisPrager.com and there is a banner there for Angel Tree. And I thank you uh, on their behalf. It's every day I think that the New York Times can't get uh, more foolish. And uh, I'm wrong. I, I, there's, there's a new low on, on a daily basis. It's, this is a doctor who was a columnist for them. She wants uh, scare videos, people dying on on uh, ventilators and can't breathe and wailing relatives. That's She wants that to scare people. This doesn't tell you about the left. Nothing does. This is the opposite. Remember, we, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. That was said by a liberal. If there's, if that, it's not as obvious a difference as you can get, both in what America was like 80 years ago versus America today. Not that, that was more than 80, 90 years ago. That's what a make America great again is, is when leaders could say we have nothing to fear but fear itself. If that were said today, the left would mock that person. Uh, the, I, I would, Twitter would, uh, would ban the tweet. Think about it. Yes. From what I could find, the state of California came close to showing the urgency, a soft focus video of a person on a ventilator featuring the sound of a breathing machine but not a face. It exhorted people to wear a mask for their friends, moms, and grandpas. I'm a grandpa. Don't wear a mask around me, okay? I want to see your face. I want to be human. All right? There you go. I'll take my hydroxychloroquine every week, which I do. You want to know how to get hydroxychloroquine from a doctor? Then uh, send me an email. It is despicable that uh, uh, the number of lives that have died because of people like this Rosenthal at the New York Times, these doctors who have cheated the public of something that uh, could save lives taken early enough. The disgrace of the left, they have killed people on mass, Trump didn't kill people. The left has killed people with its anti-hydroxychloroquine uh, and uh, and zinc protocol. As as close to completely safe as drug as exists, the FDA, that corrupt organization, which told doctors not to use it. I really do. I have to control my anger because I I believe. You'll have to understand why I'm angry. I believe that perhaps 100,000 Americans, Dr. Risch of Yale, uh, of the Yale, uh, was this, the Yale epidemiologist believes 200,000 lives could have been saved. 
said it on my show. One, I won't steal your thunder. One of you has a very, very intelligent, uh, if they're still still here. Yeah, good. Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you get the credit, Ed. It's a brilliant idea. Go ahead. Hi, Dennis. Yeah, thank you for taking my call. So, you know, I was thinking about your comment. If the New York Times and the CNNs of the world claim to have such a monopoly on compassion, why is it that they're not showing the graphic images of the millions of people around the world who are dying from acute starvation because we have voluntarily disrupted the world's food supplies? Ed, if, if, I, um, if I had a prize for a call, uh, in fact, I do. Sean is available 24-7 to you. Well, thank you. But you know what? Thank you. Seriously, I appreciate that, that those kind words. But uh, we love your show. You're doing a great job, and keep up the great fight. Well, people like you give me strength. That is a brilliant idea. That's what we need. Videos of families ruined by the lockdown. Why, why are the videos only allowed in one direction, oh, New York Times? Because your interest in truth is a zero, 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 like your Dr. Rosenthal. Another person bringing disgrace to the medical profession. Dr. Rosenthal, $20,000 to debate me uh, to uh, your favorite medical charity. On on your uh, advocacy of scare videos. To frighten Americans, you coward. This the, if cowardice is now on the left. Cowardice is cringing. Cowardice, being intimidated, being frightened, is now a virtue. It's the upside-down moral compass of the left. Scared people are virtuous. Get it? Bullies are virtuous. Close your restaurant. Go to hell. You who, you who run restaurants, go to hell. That is the message of the left. I mean it literally. We will put you in hell. Whew, God, it's so, uh, it's so angering. That was Ed in L.A. God bless you. That is such an, a great idea. See, if Fox News were a fighter, and some, some of the people on it are, the, the, not the the entity. That's what they would do. A minute, an hour, on crushed lives because of the uh, lockdown. A minute, an hour, on all the doctors who who know the lives that would be saved. The one doctor at the uh, by, by hydroxychloroquine. The one doctor who spoke out against hydroxychloroquine. Uh, at the uh, Senate hearing last month, which, of course, the press didn't cover. But you can watch it, two and a half hours of testimony. The one doctor who spoke against it doesn't even tre- never treated a COVID patient. But he knows. But he knows. Yeah. Well, if this isn't clarifying to you, 
then nothing will be. 1-8-Prager-776. Click on that banner, please, for the angel tree at my website during the break. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. It's actually a piece in the New York Times. American America's Pravda. It's time to scare people about COVID. We need public messages of people dying on ventilators. But Ed in L.A. had the most brilliant response. Let's, what about PSA about people who've lost their jobs? The families weeping because they have to give up their home. See, the left, because le- left is immaturity. Left equals immaturity of thought. They're not. It's not grown-ups. And grown-ups understand there's a price paid. The moment you understand prices are paid and take them into consideration, you have left the left. Let's spend more money. Let's print more money. Let's put the next generation in more debt. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Let's let's, uh, forgive everybody their, uh, or nearly everybody, their student loans. Yeah, but what about the people who paid the student loan? They suckers? Yes, they are. The decent are suckers on the left. That's correct. You employ people, you're a sucker. In L.A., did you see the video? I spoke about it yesterday. A woman has outdoor dining to keep her restaurant alive in L.A. in a parking lot. Banned. Totally banned. Go to hell, lady. And uh, that's the message from Garcetti and from Barbara Ferreira, uh, or Ferrer, whatever her name is. Uh, I'll get it. And uh, the uh, Ferrer and, uh, and, and Newsom. And in the same parking lot, there was a permit given to a Hollywood director making a film there to have outdoor dining in the exact same way that she was banned in the exact same spot because Hollywood is powerful and restaurant owners are nothings. And you keep voting Democrat thinking they're the party of compassion. I don't get it. I must admit there is a, a gulf between us, an unbridgeable one, as I have often said. So this is my place, the Pineapple Hill Grill and Saloon. If you go to my page, you can see all the work I did for outdoor dining for tables being seven feet apart. And I come in today because I'm organizing a protest and I came in to get stuff for that. And I walk into my parking lot and obviously Mayor Garcetti has approved this. Has approved this being set up for, this being set up for for a movie company. All right, we'll leave it at that. That, that That's right. That's yes, because the, mo- the movie company, yes, Garcetti doesn't care about the little guy. No Democrats care about the little guy. They use the little guy. Get it? Teachers use students. Communists use workers. You're used by the Democrats. Democrats don't give a damn about blacks. They're used. They're, you're all used. And you're willing to be used. I don't know why. I don't know why. 
and they set up a movie company right That's it. Okay, we got that. To my outdoor patio. All right. Which is right the, over this, here. This is, uh, this is <laughs> perfect. Garcetti gives a permit to a film company, but not the, on the same lot, in the same way she goes out of business and the, uh, the, the film company thrives. And the little guy will still vote for Garcetti or, so, or, this, or an interchangeable Democrat. It's, it's truly, one, is, one lives to see the, an anti-existence. There's an, like an anti-reality. Democrats care about the little guy like the communists cared about the little guy. It's identical. It's identical. God, the, the people who have come here from the, the former Soviet Union or from, or from the Czech Republic, as it was known, Czechoslovakia then, Bulgaria, Romania, Albania, Poland, Hungary, Cuba, Vietnam, <laughs> the people who come here, and, and, and they, they, I, I so feel for them. It, it's, it, it's like leaving uh, a, a, a place where you are threatened with your life and, and you then escape to a place where a few years later you're threatened with your life again. You thought you came to a free place. No difference between an American communist and a Hungarian communist or a Bulgarian communist. (sighs) All right, everybody. There are islands of hope. Hi, everybody. Every one of you who has listened to me for any length of time knows that the trait in the human being that I most admire because of its rarity and because good can never be achieved without it, but again, it is rare. So when I meet someone who has it, it's very encouraging. One of those who has it is Cheryl Atkinson. She is a five-time Emmy Award winner, and she has blown the whistle, as it were, on the state of American media in the book just uh, just printed, slanted, how the news media taught us to love censorship and hate journalism. Cheryl, welcome back to my show. So glad to be back here, Dennis. Thank you. I don't think I ever asked you, is the name Cheryl common? It's not, that spelling, and I'm not sure where my parents got it. I think I've asked them, and they said they just thought it was a nice spelling, but it's it's just Cheryl, just spelled differently, S-H-A-R-Y-L. So you, how do you pronounce it? Cheryl. Oh, you do, as if it's an E. I guess so. I never really thought about it, but uh-huh. I get pronounced first and last name a little bit differently, and it really doesn't bother me, and I think they all work just fine. I'm delighted. Anyway, uh, you, uh, you have written a very important uh, book here, and you've gotten people in the industry to open up. I'm curious, since you come from the world of journalism and mainstream journalism, as it is known, do you, can you date, not necessarily to the day, perhaps to, to the era, to the year, as close as possible, as, can you date the beginning of the, of the real decline? 
It's a good question. I, I can put one date to one thing, and it's a very specific date, actually to two things. The movement to convince us to have censorship in our news because they had to create a market that appeared we needed someone, curators to come in. This was a thing that was relatively unheard of before September of 2016 when a nonprofit called First Draft that when I checked was funded by Google at the beginning of the last election cycle, owned by Alphabet, run at the time by Eric Schmidt, big, big, big Hillary Clinton donor supporter. And First Draft introduced this concept in its modern usage of fake news and the notion that we all need to be protected from it. And it meant conservative fake news when it was initially used before Donald Trump co-opted their term. And then shortly after that, maybe a couple of weeks after this was introduced in fall of 2016, President Obama gave a speech at Carnegie Mellon and said that we had to find some way to curate information in this wild, wild west media environment, and he meant the Internet. And I remember hearing it at the time and thinking, nobody wants that. There had been no, we've been conditioned to think we want this. Nobody had said anything about this before this introduction to the topic. And once they convinced us that we needed these fake fact checks and curation of our information, you see what's happened. This was all, in my view, an effort to not just control the news, which they had successfully done by then, but they saw people could still get unfettered access to information and studies and so on online. And they needed us to invite them in to come and curate our information online so that they could do the same thing they'd done to the news. So I can kind of put a date to that part of the movement as far as when the news began to be so controlled by propaganda and narratives. A slow burn starting when I noticed maybe the early 2000s with the pharmaceutical industry having a lot of good luck in that arena and then political interests and other corporate interests copying those strategies. When you were in, uh, where were you basically? Which network or which newspaper in the beginning? Well, I um, worked at CNN back when it was a news organization in 90 to 93 after local news. And then was at CBS when I noticed, I didn't notice anything like that at CNN. And then at CBS, um, started there around 94, 95. And Probably in the early 2000s, I mean, there's always a bit of that. It's been written about before, the big tobacco companies being able to slant and stop coverage years ago. So there's always been some of that. But I really started to notice it in, I'd say, the early 2000s. Maybe we're talking 2003, 4, 5, 6. And then it sort of exploded. But we have to remember that the introduction of social media and widespread use of the Internet which is still relatively new, that that gave a whole new avenue for the propagandists, the smear industry, as I call it, that controls our narratives, gave them a whole nother way to do this effectively in a broader way they've, they've never done it before. Control the narratives, make certain topics off limits, censor information, controversialize those who are not on message with what the political and corporate interests want them to be. And the news, we've allowed ourselves, we've invited them in our newsrooms now, not just taking their talking points, but they work in the newsrooms. And I think then this explains why when there's so much media misreporting, false information being put out at New York Times, Washington Post, CNN, that those same reporters get promoted and live to see another day because the mission was accomplished. They're not any longer seeing their own purposes presenting facts. They want to present a narrative, and they've done so successfully, even if they've 
reported something that's false or wrong. That's not a problem. If uh, if the if if a hundred writers at the Washington Post, New York Times, and L.A. Times heard this, which of course they don't, they're hermetically sealed from dissent. But if they did, what would they think, and what would they say? Well, some of them agree, and some of them are um, have commented in my book. A lot of good journalists see the same things, but their voices are drowned out by the bully mob who goes along with this propaganda because they're either believers or they're conflicted or they're lazy, whatever the reason that they go along with these narratives and talk propaganda and talking points, and they're being taught differently about what news is. Right. There's so, a whole lot of people that differ. All right, so hold on there. I, I'm very curious what you think they would think and what they would say. This is a truly significant book, Slanted, How the News Media Taught Us to Love Censorship and Hate Journalism. That is correct. That is correct. That is exactly what they've done. The book Slanted is up at DennisPrager.com. Cheryl Atkinson. I'm Dennis Prager. The Dennis Prager Show. Everybody's got serving. Yes. This is really important stuff. Slanted. You want to understand what's happened to the news media. It's uh, So I asked you if, if someone, if reporters at the Washington Post, CNN, New York Times heard you speaking to me now, what would they say? I would guess that they have not read what I've written or watched my program and won't read the book. Based on my experience, they will talk to each other and tell one another and copy each other's reporting, saying that I'm a conservative, untrue, who's gone off the deep end and now peddling to the right-wing audience so that I can make money somehow or aggrandize myself because I was fired by CBS, not true. But these things that have been circulated, they would sort of just regurgitate. And that, by the way, I'm not to be listened to because I'm anti-vaccine, not true. And that I have this crazy lawsuit for the government spying on me when they didn't, not true. They did, and we have the airtight forensics. So those are the sorts of narratives that would, I think, I don't think they would do any true self-reflection and look at what I've actually said or written because, you know, it's hard to disagree with the facts that I've put in the book, but I think they would just sort of circulate these rumors and critiques without really knowing what So what I said before you came on is the New York Times is prepared to have half the country think it, it's a lying piece of propaganda because there are so many on the left that will support it, that it doesn't matter to them to have credibility that transcends the left. Is that a fair analysis? I think that's true, but I wouldn't say it's the the way they are is because they're seeking that market. I would say they have that market because of the political and corporate interests that are pulling strings in the news and at the New York Times. And so they've been left with that dynamic, and that's fine with them. They don't have to have a bigger segment. Um, it's not that they're, in my view, seeking that audience. I mean, that's sort of a secondary thing. They've been directed to go for that audience because they're serving, whether it's pharmaceutical interests or powerful political people on the left who have 
money ties. You know, I think all of this goes back to money. It's not just ideology. So where you see narratives being pushed, it's not necessarily just right. for our own good, they think. It's because there are donors somewhere in the background, you know, third right. parties that are pulling strings. Let me tell everybody, because I, I, I want them to read your book. It's called Slanted, How the News Media Taught Us to Love Censorship and Hate Journalism. Up at DennisPrager.com and, of course, Amazon and elsewhere. And what is the name of your podcast? The Cheryl Atkinson Podcast. That's easy. Good luck to you. We need you. Thanks so much. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Alan's story. I've been in back pain since my early 20s. Now I'm 51. In my early 20s, I worked for the state prison. I got injured and I was off work for about a year. I'm now a train engineer. I basically sit all day long. My wife making me take relief factor literally changed my life. I don't feel like I'm 20 again, but my back does. Everyone knows you want something drug-free. You want something that will help your own body deal with the inflammation that can often cause pain. In your neck, back, shoulder, hip, knee, or foot. Actually, even general aches and pains from just getting older, exercise, everyday living, all can be a real problem, even keeping you from sleeping through the night. So here's what I suggest you do. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father-son owners of Relief Factor, have created what they call a three-week quick start. It's a trial pack, and they've discounted it to just $19.95. That's about a dollar a day, and after that, about the cost of a cup of coffee a day to stay out of pain. That's the three-week quick start for just $19.95, and you should know this. About 70% of the people who order the three-week quick start for just $19.95 go on to order more. So do what so many others have already done. Take Pete and Seth Talbot up on their offer and go to relieffactor.com and order the three-week quick start. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. 